Mile. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down a road and back again. Your heart is true. You're a pal and a confidant. Good morning. Good morning. I am Deb Creer, the socialite, and I am passionate about working with professionals to show them how to use social media as a tool to promote themselves and their businesses. And we're going to do some quick mic checks here. Um, as I mentioned uh, in prior shows, Mile High Radio is now part of Velocity Radio. In fact, we are simulcasting today on their station also. So I want to make sure that we have everything all connected. Am I there and connected? Okay, I'm just going to guess that I am. Do we have Barry? I'm here. Yay! Okay, so I am actually chatting on Facebook with the producer, and so I think we are set. So welcome, Barry. How are you doing today? I'm all right. How are you? Not bad, not bad. Well, before we go any further, let me tell our guests and our listeners who you are. So I'm talking with Barry Feldman who operates Feldman Creative and provides clients content marketing strategies that rock and creative that rolls. Barry writes Content Marketing Minds at Social Media Today and was recently named a Top 40 Digital Strategist by Online Marketing Institute and one of 25 social media marketing experts you need to know by LinkedIn. Barry recently released a comprehensive strategic workbook called The Planner for Growing Your Business with Effective Online Marketing. If you want a piece of his mind, visit Feldman Creative and his blog, The Point. So again, Barry, welcome. All right. Thanks for having me, Deb. I'm excited to be on your program. Well, you know, you have such great content, and you are one of the people that I follow on various social media platforms because you really do have great tips, great techniques, but it all comes down to one thing for you, and that's telling a good story, right? Yes, I think so. Okay. You know, and it's it's one of those things where, you know, I think that's what people can learn so much from you is, you know, when I see people posting online and it's, here is my product, here is what my product can do for you, please buy my product. And then they wonder why nobody ever buys their product. If you're talking with a business owner who has called you and said, oh, Barry, I just can't figure out what I'm doing wrong, and you look at their posts and they're like that, what do you tell them, and then how do you work through this process? Um, well, <laughs> I loved your description. It sounds like uh, you're talking about blogs, but I suppose you could be talking about content in, in any form on any media um, mm-hmm. particularly those that you know are quick to try to pull the trigger and and call everything a conversion opportunity I'm I'm posting something on my column you mentioned that social media today I write there uh, twice a month and mm-hmm. uh, the news called why insomniacs love your blog and so <laughs> uh, you, kind of, <laughs> you kind of answered that question you know they, mm-hmm. they I mean oh, why no <laughs> pardon me why insomniacs yeah, they love your blog because it helps them uh, go to sleep. Okay. So mm-hmm. I was confused right. there. Um, 
So yeah, so you you know your sales, you're practicing traditional marketing back when uh, you know we had no choices other than traditional marketing, and you had uh, just a brief you know moment in time with your customer, and you tried uh, very hard to uh, sell them something that was very much a direct response model. So mm-hmm. the question comes all the time, uh, just as you just phrased it. You know what we're doing is not working, it's backfiring, we're not seeing any sort of traction or growth, it's time for us to learn how to do, you know, what modern marketers do, and then uh, the questions that follow typically are are still um, short-sighted, maybe you couldn't even say ignorant, because they say, you know, how do I make X exciting, and so they might say, you know, insurance or, you know, something like that, something that Mm -hmm. uh, they might consider be dull. It might, you know, it might even be uh, software or some sort of uh, online service. Uh, I guess it, it doesn't really matter, but I say, you know, that's that's a good question, but um, in a way, it's the wrong question because you're just talking old school. You're just talking about how to communicate uh, the features and benefits of your product. You know, and if you're a good mm-hmm. copywriter um, and marketer, the time is going to come, of course, where you will have to do that. But the reason why it's not a good question is is the amount of media and the amount of noise today makes it so it's a battle for any form of attention. And so you talked about storytelling and and asked me that question at the top of the program. And, uh, you know, the answer becomes to that question, how do we make our boring product sound interesting with what we're doing online, is stop talking about, stop thinking about, stop dwelling on your product and start dwelling on what is interesting, and that is your customer. Mhm. Well, and that's where being able to tell the good story comes in. Um, you know, and, and really putting yourself in their shoes. You know, all of those various things. I was talking with somebody last week who sells, you know, a fairly common product. That you know, there are lots of other people, large and small, that offer the product. And and so he would talk about online about the benefits, about excuse me, cost, even about his great customer service. But he, I told him, I said, you need to tell the story. You know, why having your product is so different and, and what the benefits will be to that. And, and you know, he kind of started seeing it in, in little flashes, but it really is all about building those relationships with people, right? Yes, it is, especially when we, you know, begin the conversation about social media and the mm-hmm. term you know, social media has almost come to mean the Internet. You know, I think you and I probably define it as, as the networks that you use. Perhaps you throw blogging in there. But, you know, most media, uh, or at least most online media or all online media are indeed social. And so, yeah, you want to be engaging. And, and when you're having a promotion or a sale or you're promoting uh, some of the things you just said, like the quality of your service or the you know, affordableness of your price, uh, you're selling. It's not, not a real social thing to do. Uh, you know, people don't like to be sold to. I think this comes from, from a Gittimer book. You know, people don't like to be sold to, but they love to buy. Mm-hmm. So your job is to help them buy. And, you know, what's the, what's the first thing that, that happens in a buying experience when you walk into the lobby of a store or, in this case, into a blog or a home page or a landing page? In my mind, you make a very quick judgment, uh, perhaps not so deliberately, but at least uh, psychologically and subconsciously, am I comfortable? 
Uh-huh. I, I, I tell that story a lot. I was um, uh. I was dragged into a, a, a meeting between my wife and an insurance broker, a health insurance broker, and uh, we you know we were shopping for a, a new plan that would be more affordable. And he sat down and he asked us hundred questions. And two hours later, I had to go somewhere. So thankfully, I had a good excuse to leave. I came back <laughs> two hours. <laughs> came back two hours later. He was still here. And oh, I no. said I had to, yeah. So um so I was just wondering why my wife put up with him, but I was of the impression uh that she liked him. Uh mm-hmm. later I heard her back on the online and on the phone uh continuing her search. I said, You're not gonna buy from that guy? You just spent four hours with him. She goes, I wasn't comfortable with him. You know, and isn't mm-hmm. that a great station mm-hmm. of of all sales environments, if you get somewhere and it's sloppy or busy or hard sell or any of the things that turn you off, you know, you're out of your comfort zone and you leave. You know, that could mm-hmm. be the shoe store in the mall and you just move over to the next one. Online, it's simply a back button or a click, you know, so the danger mm-hmm. is always there. So, yeah, storytelling comes into play. I I use the term carefully, uh, perhaps uh, I don't use it that carefully. In fact, the newest post on my um, blog that you mentioned, The Point, is about storytelling. Mm-hmm. And uh, the title, Sharpen Your Storytelling Skills to Earn the Audience's Attention. So the second half of that title is key, to earn the audience's attention. You know, right. mm-hmm. To get them to open their ears, and if there's a seat there, to get them to sit down and spend some time, get them comfortable. And so... What people don't understand, those those factors that you put forth a minute ago, you know, we have great customer service, we have great products, we have great prices, we're convenient, we're easy, blah, blah, blah. You know, yes, indeed, those are going to come into play, but those, um, you know, pardon the cliche of using the tired metaphor, the um, sales funnel or the buying cycle, but if you think of it as a funnel um, going from the wide gap at the top to the narrow opening at the bottom, the middle is where you get into your prices and your services and how you compare with other companies. You know, and that down towards the bottom, perhaps maybe maybe prices go there. The things that are criteria for actually pulling the trigger and getting out your credit card. But at that big opening at the top of the funnel is where you're trying to engage a customer, win their trust. You know, they they do know you now. You know, we're we're skipping here the you know the formula for getting seen, you know, SEO mm-hmm. and digital print and all that stuff. But they do know you now, you know, and the, the expression is, I guess, no like trust. They do know you now, but they don't like you and they don't trust you. And your job is to get them to like you and trust you. How are you going to do that? You're going to create content that is not just educational. That, that's almost understood, you know, even if it's an ad, you're going to be, uh, you know, imparting a little bit of education. But, you know, what separates the bad or mediocre content marketers from the good are the other two things. The things that go beyond educational are entertaining. You know, can I keep this person? Are they going to make it to right. the last mm-hmm. line of, you know, if it's a tweet, are they going to click it? And um, and inspiring, you know, are they going to do something? And, and that's something uh, today, you know, the truth is typically we have a lot of product categories and you might buy off the page, but let's say all things considered, all different products from, you know, the simplest, um, you know, low low uh, risk buy like a book to a expensive purchase that you're going to make for your business a business system of some sort some sort um, 
typically the, the customer does not even have his wallet with them at that early engagement stage, okay? They're not ready mm -hmm. to pay. They're going to research on average, like, I think it's 12 <laughs> places, you know, and, wow. and that research is going to include the experience and what other people have to say. And so, and this is where storytelling comes in, you know, can I... Can I um, engage you? And the reason why I say I'm reluctant to use the word storytelling is because people take that awfully seriously. You know, they think it, it begins with once upon a time and it ends with uh, happily ever after. And mm -hmm. it very well can. But what it really means is, you know, if you're going to use these proven formulas for uh, creating content such as, you know, the secrets to or the recipe for or the top ten something or others, you know, it's still way more interesting if you can inject the storytelling style. So you, your story might be one or two sentences, you know, before you get to the to the meat of the post. But mm -hmm. uh, you're looking to invite people into your life and to relate to them. You know, you're going to have a conversation. Well, and it is all about you know getting them to to re relate to whatever you're you're writing. You know, somebody says, well, 85 percent of the time, such and such happens. I mean, I don't stop and think, okay, am I in that 85% or I'm in the 15% because they've already lost me. Um, you know, and, and I think that's where sometimes people fail. And, and I'll be honest, I do that too. You know, you should use LinkedIn for this and this and this because, you know, and then I give a statistic. And I forget that we're not statistics. We're people. And that's where really drawing them in. And maybe it is, like you said, a little anecdote at the start or you know, something along those lines, so that people read it and go, oh, that's me, or that could be me. Yep. I like uh, that um, avenue of discussion, the um, the people thing. You know, it, it's written more often uh, than not now where you see people uh, bashing the idea that this is B to C and this is B to B, and instead what we're talking is P to P, person to person. Mm -hmm. Right, and yeah, I suppose you you know, B to B people will sometimes argue with that and say, well, we have you know big prices and complicated um, choices and long buying cycles, and so you know we're unique. But you're not that unique. You know, you're selling to a person, and uh, they're going to buy from a person, right? You, you simply mm -hmm. don't buy from a brand. You you could over time form loyalty to a brand, and I suppose that's the ultimate goal of of uh, marketing. But um, you buy from a person, you know, like that uh, story I told of the insurance salesman. You know, if you're uncomfortable with that person, uh, you're going to continue shopping. I, right. uh, I think our audience probably knows who Chris Brogan is. If you, if you don't, you probably mm -hmm. should uh, type that in Google and learn a little bit of, about the man. He's been a leader in the marketing space for quite some time, and uh, he's the author of several books and a great speaker. And he has a company called Human Business Works. And he has a, a new publication called Owner, where he's speaking to entrepreneurs. And I forgot some of the names of his other properties. His, his first book and perhaps most famous book is called uh, Trust Agents. Notice the commonality, human business works, trust agents, owner. Mm -hmm. Every title is about humans. Right. And when he writes... He writes about the human condition. He's probably the world's foremost expert today on being human, however sad that is. You know, like we need an mm -hmm. expert on being human when we <laughs> are human. But when we put our marketing hat on, you know, we become salespeople. When we put our blogger hat on, we become journalists. 
and it gets real cold real fast. So I wrote a story. Uh, Chris sends a real no-frills uh, email every Sunday night, or Sunday anyway, mm-hmm. and uh, I've subscribed to it for over a year, and he always starts off, when I say no frills, it's just text, which is very unusual. You know, he's, he's truly is right. no frills, at least mm-hmm. in this. Yeah, there's uh, no no fancy graphics and, you know, all of those things that as marketers we've been taught to use. Yeah, he even warns you when he wants you to buy something. He goes, here comes Selly Sell or something like that. <laughs> anyway, he starts, he starts off each of those emails with what he's drinking. He's apparently uh, very fond of tea and coffee, especially tea. Oh. And he'll say, I'm drinking, uh, you know, and he'll go into great detail about the tea, you know, the brand and the flavor. And uh, generally goes on to say he's enjoying it. And, I don't know, for about a year I read those things. I'm like, that's annoying, dude. You know, I, I don't care what you're drinking. And then um, I had never met Chris. Every time I see him at a at a show, there's like a crowd around him, and I never felt the need to penetrate it, and I just said, I'll meet him next time. But... He does ask me to write back, and so I started doing that, and he wrote back to me immediately. So um, at the very least, he knew, you know, he started to know my name. And then I asked him if he was mm-hmm. going to a conference I was speaking at in Vegas earlier this year called a New Media Expo, and he was. And I said, I'm going to um, find you there and finally introduce myself. And I did. And we were just a few minutes into our conversation when he asked me, you know, how can I help you? What are your, what are your goals this year? What are you trying to do? It was all about me. You know, he just truly gets it. I, I gave him an answer that I'm soon to uh, go down the path of creating information products. And he points me to a guy sitting there by. He goes, oh, you want to talk to him? He totally understands that market. I was like, wow. You know, I was very impressed. And so I, I came home and I wrote a post for uh, Convince and Convert called uh, Who Cares What Chris Brogan Is Drinking? So uh, listeners, uh, type that in Google and go read my story because what that story is about is about authenticity. You know, if Chris loves coffee and tea, you know, good for him. It's a great conversation starter. I told him the title of my post when I met him. I go, hey, I'm going to write a piece called uh, Who Cares What Chris Brogan Is Drinking, and it's going to be about how authentic you are. You know, are you cool with that? He goes, oh, yeah, I love that. And I said, that um, that thing you do about your coffee and your tea, that's all about, like, warming people up, pardon the pun, um, to the conversation you're about to have, right? He goes, right. But that's number two. He goes, number one, it's the number one thing people write back about. Isn't that interesting? You know, he's got tons right, of Right, so they, they empathize, or not empathize, but they, they related to that. Yeah, you know, they, they drink coffee and tea, too. And so they, you know, they, they subscribe to his email for a reason, and they probably buy his products and books and uh, come to hear him speak. But uh, he's changed the conversation to something very... Uh, you know, lightweight and uh, human. I get this um, phone call, a little, little um, Barry Feldman uh, adoration session here real quick. Um, I get this phone call or email or contact form a lot, and it begins with a compliment. It's my favorite compliment, so I, I love when I get this. It starts off with, hey, Barry, I was just at your website, and it felt like you were talking to me. Ah. I, go, I was talking to you. Right. Go, well, I felt like we were having a conversation. I go, we are having a conversation. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, I guess the reason why I said it's an adoration session is because what it really means is, you know, I write well. You know, that, well, that's and, the goal. Right. You know, and, and because you write well 
and and you write very well. Um, you know, I, I love reading your your articles and and the, the things that you post because it it's like you're writing for one person, and I think that's where you know that's that's how you suck them in is because you are thinking about okay, I, there's not a target market or an audience. It's here's this one person I want to reach out to. Now that may be thousands of one people. But you're writing it like it really is just for that one person. Yeah, I almost uh, pulled a muffle in my neck. I was nodding so hard when you said that. It's um, <laughs> it's an age-old uh, writing tip, and it's, it's super powerful, and it only gets more powerful with the you know, proliferation of uh, the media and the immediacy of, of uh, you know, the mm-hmm. right. getting revolution taking place now. So you have to do that, and, and not only... And should you think like that, you should just simply do it. You know, when I, mm-hmm. a lot of times when I'm writing a post, I'm just answering a customer's question. If, if one person came out and, and asked a question, you know, 10,000 more are thinking that question. Right. So I'm thinking, There's no unique questions. Yeah. So I'm thinking, I'm writing to you. You know, that guy mm-hmm. that asked me the question or that gal that asked me the question, I'm going to get a nice piece of content out of it. And, you know, if it was a good question and I answered it well, it's going to perform well. Cool. Well, we're going to take a a quick break, and when we come back, I want to continue talking about this because I think that's where so many people kind of miss the boat is we do think, oh, we're writing for our target audience, and, and, and sometimes we don't even know who those people are. So I want to talk a little bit about how people determine who they should be writing for, um, you know, when we get back. So when we come back, I am Deb Creer, and I am talking with Barry Feldman of Feldman Creative. Stimulating Talk Radio. MileHighRadio.com. Limited time offer, 24 month commitment, and credit qualification require cancellation fee, auto pay, and paperless billing, and other restrictions apply. If you can't see the difference, why pay the difference? Switch to Dish for the best deal in entertainment. Only Dish brings you the best in entertainment for less than $20 a month. Cut the cable and don't get directed. Switch to Dish because at just $19.99, Dish saves you every time you turn on the TV. It's so simple. The same channels cost less with Dish. So since you can't see the difference don't pay the difference switch to dish for the best deal in entertainment get premium movie channels free for three months starting at just 19.99 dish saves you every time you turn on the tv call now to save with dish dial 1-800-943-9074 that's 1-800-943-9074 the same channels for less than 20 bucks a month dish call 1-800-943-9074 for details If your mom or loved one lives alone, one call to LifeWatch can end your worries for their safety. We're here 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. If you call us right now, we'll send you absolutely free an information-packed report on the nine most important things you need to know to make sure your parents are safe when living alone. It's completely free. Call us right now. 800-515-6927. Put your mind at ease with LifeWatch. Dial 800-515-6927. Hi, Chris here from Yabana Gluten-Free Bakery. Do you get gas, bloating, cramping, or 
worse from wheat, butters, wheat, barley, or rye? You may be dealing with celiac, gluten intolerance, or a gluten allergy. Experts estimate that up to 40% of us need to avoid gluten. At Yumbana, we bake the best-tasting gluten-free items hands down. For two years, I've been perfecting our recipes to be tasty and moist instead of dry and crumbly. We use nothing artificial, and we ELISA test our products to be sure they're truly gluten-free. So no matter if you're a super-sensitive celiac or someone who feels better staying away from gluten, stop tooting your gluten and visit our online store today. Go to yumbanashop.com. That's Y-U-M-B-A-N-A. S-H-O-P-P-E dot com. We ship worldwide, and if you live in the Castle Rock area of Colorado, delivery is free. Save 10% when you enter the coupon code MILEHIGHRADIO. YumbanaShop.com. We are back. I am Deb Creer, and I'm talking with Barry Feldman of Feldman Creative. And a quick little thing before we go uh, any further. First, Barry, we're getting a little feedback to you. By any chance, have some speakers on that, that you can turn off? Uh, I was going hands-free. Is this better? Uh-oh. Okay. Oh, I think that sounds much better already. Perfect, perfect. Um, and, and, and again, before we really leap into it, tell people how they find you online and how to connect with you. All right. Well, that's uh, awfully easy. My website is www.feldmancreative.com, and uh, there you'll find the chiclets that lead to um, every social network that I'm on, and I'm on a lot of them. I'm very active on Twitter, cool. and at Twitter I'm uh, at Feldman Creative, and most of the other ones I'm slash Feldman Creative. I'm all over SlideShare. Uh, you mentioned that I have a blog. On my blog at the uh, pull-down menu, you'll see that I write for... Uh, a lot of leading online publishers, and there's links to all of them there, too. So sometimes um, my content uh, appears exclusively elsewhere or uh, initially elsewhere. Well, and I love the page that you have on your website that is just your social media things. You call it your super social. And that's where I spent some time this morning was just kind of looking at what you've been posting on Twitter, what you've been posting on your blog, and I want to talk about uh, LinkedIn publishing when we get to that here in, in a second. But it, it it really is your site's very easy to navigate through with tons of great information. Um, <coughs> excuse me. And so we were, you know, speaking of that information, we were talking about building relationships with people by telling stories. And it's funny, you know, because we, you know, as marketing people, we have been taught you have a target audience. You have all these things in and then so many people, when you say, now, who is your audience? Who would you like to sell to? And they look at you, and they get this bright, shiny look in their eyes, and they say, everyone. And I cringe. <laughs> because, of course, nobody's target audience is everyone. You know, Walmart doesn't target to everybody. Starbucks doesn't target to everybody. And so, as a, especially as a small business owner, you really have to narrow down who that target audience is and then I think when you have them in mind, that's where you can really write specifically to them as a single entity. So like you were saying before, you're writing for them as that one person. Yep. I think uh, you know, you're talking, there's a couple of books come to mind and a couple of uh, idioms and philosophies of 
well-known marketers, but you're really talking simply about uh, the power of polarization. And I think mm-hmm. um, it's it's very fair to say that if you're going to target everyone, you're gonna you know you're gonna have to democratize your content and uh, water it down and soften it. And uh, you're you're probably going to do that at the expense of your personality, and you're not going mm-hmm. to um, do a good job of fondling their feelings, so to speak, or pushing their hot buttons or whatever you want to call that. So, yeah, I think if you're getting started and that, that's a new concept to you, it's almost more powerful uh, to begin by making a list of who you're not targeting than who right. you are. You know, who you are is what's left over. And so you're probably very used to saying, you know, the people that buy our stuff are females and they're this age or what have you, you know, and then you go, but, you know, you could be younger, you could be male, it could be a male buying a present for us, you know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> So, you know, so you you should say, you know, we're not for these guys, you know. So if you were talking about uh, Saks Fifth Avenue versus Walmart, you know, you're you're talking to somebody, you know, you'd say, uh, you know, we're not for people uh, on a really thrifty clothing budget or, you know, mm-hmm. in Walmart's case, perhaps we're, we're not for people that are uh, brand snobs, you know, we're, we're kind of a price leader. And so, uh, yeah, you draw draw some lines and polarize. You know, the, I say the more you turn people off, uh, or no, I don't say that. I say this. I say when you turn some people off, you turn some people on. Right. Well, and it, for me, sometimes it's difficult because I sit. I have. I have. Am I in my home office? So I'm sitting here staring at computer monitors all day, and I kind of forget who my audience is and who I really want to reach. And I've talked to other business owners who say the same thing. And so I told them, I said, you know, then have a picture of them. You know, just a little picture of whoever it is that you might want to target. I actually have a Barbie doll that sits on my desk. That um, you know, that that's so when I'm writing, I'm writing for that character, and it helps me to kind of keep that in mind. To remember, I'm not writing for the 85 year old man who might be my Facebook friend, but that's not really who might want to buy one of my my services from me. So sometimes that kind of helps to keep that in mind is have that little image of those people there. So you've done well selling your services to Barbie dolls? Well, you know, Bar- Barbie has a briefcase. This is entrepreneur Bobby, Barbie. Uh, you know, oh, and, yeah. and, 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 and to me, she represents who I want to reach. Now, she's, a little, she's on the young age, um, which is, is not quite where I want to be. Um, but it really is, it helps me kind of think, okay, this is who I am writing for. Um, and, you know, it's, it's like you were saying, it's thinking about who that person is and writing just for that one person. Yeah, it's a process called persona, or if you're making a verb out of it, personification. It's, mm-hmm. it's nobody's favorite topic, and it's often skipped. It's kind of, um, it's probably not as hard work as it, it, as it uh, is perceived to be, but the process involves... Uh, identifying your your reader or buyer you know, first uh, demographically and then psychographically, so it shouldn't be torture. You know, you should say, um, you know, demographically she's female and her name is Barbie. Mm-hmm. It usually comes with a, you know some sort of a fictional character production, but you know it could just be simply somebody you do sell to that represents mm-hmm. um, you know other like-minded people. And so uh, she's this age, and she, you know, is a parent or she isn't a parent, and then you get into the psychographics, you know, the type of uh, car she likes to drive is this, and the, the place she likes to consume media is, is here, and her buying habits work like this. When you do that, you're going to be ready to uh, speak to that person 
And uh, it's a formal process that most people skip. Like I said, it scares people. Right. Well, and, you know, especially someone who is maybe starting out because they, they have to pay their bills. And so they think, oh, I'm just going to sell to whoever will actually buy it. And, you know, that, that is counterintuitive because it's, it's the old, you know, trying to hit the fly with a shotgun as opposed to really trying to hit that, that target market. And sometimes I think that's where social media confuses us because we go on Facebook and we're friends or we, you know, with, with people from, you know, all ages, multiple countries, you know, all sorts of different places. And, you know, we tend to forget, you know, just because we're friends, and I'm doing that in my air quotes with, you know, the capital F like you do on Facebook, um, it, that doesn't mean that that's who our target market is. And, and so we, we sometimes forget that. I had somebody one time that told me that she was going to unfriend me because she didn't like what I was posting simply because she was not interested in what it was. And I said, okay. I mean, you know, didn't break my heart. Excellent idea, and, yeah. Yeah, you know, and, and, and I've done that, too. You know, I started going back through and really thinking, is this somebody I want to be connected with? Are these pages that I have liked that I want to get information from? And some of that is just, you know, we, we have such limited time, but then it's it works the other way, too. You know, it, it, should people be unfriending, unliking, unfollowing, unconnecting, you know, all those various terms, for me, because I'm not reaching them, if they are, and they were who I needed to reach, that's where I've screwed up. Yeah, don't get me started on Facebook, but um, yeah, that's the, <laughs> that's the worthless expression of our era, the friend oh, or the like. You know, and it, it, to me, it, it's fun, and, and, and I use Facebook more for its entertainment value. Um, and But the platform that I choose to spend more time on from a professional standpoint is definitely LinkedIn. Um, because it is the, the professional platform, and, and you, know, you interact with people differently there. And I love the new things that LinkedIn is adding. And, oh, I just have a great segue into another blog post that you wrote. And that's on one of the new features of LinkedIn called LinkedIn Publishing. So tell us a little bit about that. I just got approved to use LinkedIn Publishing, and I haven't dabbled my toes yet. But it's a new feature to LinkedIn, and it looks like you're – cautiously optimistic about it might be the best way to put it yeah well i guess i can get to the reason why after and i tell you why i'm so pumped up about it and one of my stories um the most recent one maybe the one before that is actually about publishing on linkedin is that the story you're talking about mm-hmm. yeah now, that went over big especially when the ceo of linkedin uh found it and shared it i created a oh. term i didn't really i didn't really think that through but i said uh the story starts off something like, uh, I'm sick. Uh, I have LinkedIn-itis. And so um, <laughs> I get into it going, LinkedIn was kind of a necessary thing for me. You know, not evil, but, you know, not exciting right. either. You know, you, you had to be there. You want people to find you. They might, you know, find you easier there than by doing a, a Google search. And um, so it's obvious that you're, you're going to want to be discovered there, and there goes your resume. And if you're published, you know, you might say something about that. And if if you've made some friends there, hopefully they said some nice things about you. And then came, you know, the second wave of endorsements, which is, you know, unbelievably lightweight. You know, you get, you know, 100-plus endorsements from people you don't even know. But um, then came the publishing platform, and I got LinkedIn-itis. So I, you know, it, it was it's no secret, I guess, if you're following social media, that LinkedIn decided to become a content 
publisher, you know, much more mm-hmm. of a magazine style than uh, than they were before. And so, uh, you know, the evolution of that goes something like this. I might be leaving out some details, but they uh, bought SlideShare, and uh, that really didn't mean that much to SlideShare users. Uh, nothing actually changed, but huge property, you know, very um, business-to-business association for uh, SlideShare and, and a very great uh, mechanism for marketers to uh, use. I use it like crazy. And then they bought, uh, okay, then they started LinkedIn Today, which is a personalized custom magazine. And, and I really liked it. I, I got online mm-hmm, and right. discovered an email waiting for me every day. And that email said, you should read this stuff. You know, and certainly not the only one of those that I get. But uh, they came from, generally from uh, good sources and uh, top publishers. And that stuff, uh, you know, my pile of stuff I should read is going to be vastly different than your pile of stuff. So that magazine is... Um, personalized in that it's based on my activity on LinkedIn, whom I've, who I've linked to, and so uh, the, you know, the content was seldom off-base because you know, algorithms figured it out for them that uh, this is what I'd like to read about. Then they bought Pulse, which was basically doing the same thing separately, a uh, personalized magazine. And uh, then they created an influencer network, and it uh, started in, in just handfuls of, of people that um, are well known to be leaders in their fields, such as I think Bill Gates is on there, and uh, Gary Vaynerchuk is on there, and uh, Richard Richard um, Branson, mm-hmm. and uh, so forth. And so uh, that grew to about 500, and it was doing really well and getting some traction. And then they made this major move, which is which is risky, I think, and and uh, this is the cautiousness that comes with it. I don't know how it's going to play out right now. How it's played out, as I said, to uh, their 227 million million members, um, you can publish here now. And they created a super-duper blog uh, interface that makes it so that it's, you know, unbelievably easy. It's really not any more challenging than, you know, posting something on Facebook. And um, so as a beta, so to speak, 25,000 people would uh, get the call, and they're going to work out the kinks. So I was one of them. You know, in some cases, you had to apply. In, in my case, uh have a, a friend at LinkedIn who asked me if I'd, if I'd like to do it, and I said, yes, sir. And uh, so when I got that little pencil, that means you can publish. The pencil shows up uh, up top um, where you would put your update, and that means you're going to publish now if you click it. And um, I did it, and it was you know, really popular, really fast, lots of shares. All, all of a sudden, people are following now LinkedIn. That's another new feature. You know, LinkedIn's uh-huh. uh, unashamed of copying features from all the other social media. And so you can uh, follow, you can even like. I don't know if they call it like, but it's a little thumb up. You know, well, see in court, Facebook. Um, you know, and so uh, all the conventions are there, and uh, you have an audience. You know, the, the assumption, I suppose, is um, maybe you don't have an audience. The assumption is your audience is at least the people that follow you on LinkedIn. If they're arriving right. at LinkedIn, mm-hmm. you know, periodically they're going to see that you publish something. And then they're, if they share, you know, it grows exponentially. So that was happening for me. And then I wrote a piece that you know, says a lot of what I just said to you and your audience about uh, the platform. It's really easy to edit it, and it's actually easier than Tumblr. It's easier than WordPress. It's the easiest I've ever seen, and so I had a lot of nice things to say about that. When I did that, I heard from the team at LinkedIn who, who created it, and they were uh, flattered and happy to hear that stuff. And so, yeah, it's off to a screaming start, and, and then comes uh, the caution. You know, when 227 million people can do it, um, you know, are we going to be you know, up to our ears in you know, a flood of crap? Right. 
Well, so I don't know um, how it'll be vetted in the future. You know, will, will there be a, a star system, or you know, how how will they keep us from you know from swimming in the crap? Will they, will they help us mm-hmm. understand what's worth our while or not, or will it be you know just a, a capitalistic society? You know, somebody does it three to ten times, and they go, nobody's reading it. You know, I'm out of here. But you know, mm-hmm. anybody who wants to blog now, it's certainly not a technically challenging thing to do, but I think even so, the idea of having a WordPress site or going to WordPress.org or Blogger or what have you uh, probably does scare some people, and uh, then comes, you know, will I have an audience, and what am I going to write about, and uh, I don't know how to write and all that stuff, so you could certainly experiment on LinkedIn, and so what becomes of that is anybody's guess. Well, and, you know, what I like about it is it does have the social sharing buttons, so, you know, maybe you don't want to have your own blog, as as you were saying, so you can post there, and then people can, you know, they can share it on Twitter, on Facebook, on Google+, and then on their own LinkedIn. Um, and so that's kind of that cool little thing. It looks nice. You know, I'm, I'm looking at your post right now, the, the one um, about LinkedIn on, on publishing, and it's it's very clean, you know, as you were saying, and so I think it, you know, for, for people who want to use it, now my guess is, you know, the vast majority of LinkedIn users won't, because unfortunately the vast majority of LinkedIn users don't really use LinkedIn like they're supposed to, you know, they pasted their resume there, and every once in a while they accept a new connection, and that's kind of as far as they go with it. So I think that those who really use it well, hopefully will embrace this and, and use this as, as a new way to, to reach their audience. Yeah, the competition is going to get real thick real fast, so we'll mm-hmm. see. I might have enjoyed numbers uh, in the early goings. That post that we're talking about, I think, has been seen eight, 9,000 times. Look at the number right. of comments in that wonderful mm-hmm. video. I think readers are really engaged. And so uh, I'm not getting that kind of comments uh, on my blog. Sometimes I get it when I post on a Convincing Convert or Copy Blog or um, HubSpot. But um, you know, LinkedIn people that uh, are using LinkedIn the way it should be um, are asking questions, and they're um, you know giving the writers compliments, and they're adding to the uh, conversation, which is you know really what you're supposed to do in a commentary stream in a blog. And so uh, you know, so far so good. It was a great move, and I agree wholeheartedly that they've made it uh, some nice eye candy. It's just uh, elegant in its simplicity. And it looks pretty tight. I like it. And then you mentioned that you can share it. Isn't that cool? I mean, you you can share it on LinkedIn, obviously, but you can share it on all the leading contenders. And I love mm-hmm. LinkedIn's uh, transparency there. You know, isn't it right. annoying on Google Plus that you can't share it outside of Google Plus? I, oh, I, I know. Well, we are um, having to take a, our our final break, and when we come back, I want to talk again about telling stories and how to really build relationships with people because you are so good at it and you've got such great tips for people. So I am Deb Creer talking with Barry Feldman, and we will be back in just a moment. Thank you for being a friend. Travel down a road and back again.
MileHighRadio.com. Just what the doctor ordered. 150 million people suffer from headaches. All you want is for the pounding in your head to stop. Migralex stops the pounding. Migralex was developed by a neurologist and founder of the New York Headache Center. I'm neurologist Dr. Alex Mileskop. After studying and researching the human brain for 25 years, I've developed Migralex, which eliminates pounding headaches. It works for my patients, and I'm so convinced it will work for you. I don't just guarantee it. I put my name on it. Dr. Mileskop's Migralex gets rid of headaches fast without harsh caffeine, sodium, or preservatives. Migralex works unbelievably fast and... And it's gentle on my stomach. Find out how to get your free bottle of Migralex. Call 800-547-6279. Plus, if you're one of the first 100 callers, you'll also receive the Migralex Quick Tips to Headache Relief absolutely free. That's 800-547-6279. Or go to MigralexRelief.com. M-I-G-R-A-L-E-X Relief.com. Or call 800-547-6279. Hey, everyone. Have you heard about the no-no hair removal device that's sweeping the globe? If you want to go weeks without shaving and get smooth, professional quality results, here's our favorite host, Cheryl, for No-No Hair Removal. Thanks. Hey, gals, I love talking about my No-No. It's this cute little hair removal system that you can take with you and use almost anywhere at home or on the road. No more expensive in-office treatments, painful waxing, and no more wasting your valuable time. Got unwanted facial hair? No-No has patented Thermacon technology that works on all hair and skin colors, so it's perfect for using on all body parts and now you can take advantage of this incredible risk-free trial get the no-no the facial kit a travel case and a 100 discount shopping card and you don't risk a penny to try it try the incredible no-no hair completely risk-free call 1-800-953-8386 that's 800-953-8386 800-953-8386 thank you for being a friend Travel down a road and back again Your heart is true You're a pal and a confidant We are back. I am Deb Creer and I'm talking with Barry Feldman of Feldman Creative. Welcome back, Barry. Hey, if, we have, if we're looking for an example of direct response versus uh, how we do things in a storytelling fashion today, those commercial breaks should do just fine. <laughs> I know, I, don't know, if I know. You listen to <laughs> I do, you know, and and it's funny because as marketing people, we listen and we watch for good ads. And um, Mile High has one that uh, it's it's for a nonprofit, and it tells a story of a little girl who died, and I'm almost in tears every time they play that that spot, you know, because no, it, really. I don't have a child. But I can empathize with that, you know, and, and I think we look at things like the Budweiser commercials, um, you know, and, and they've got the, you know, they've got the pretty horses, and, and I'm not a Budweiser drinker, I'm actually not a beer drinker, but I love those commercials because they tell the story of the little puppy or the, the hero, the veteran who's coming home, and that has absolutely nothing to do with beer, but it really yeah, but does you're talking about it. suck you in, yes. You yeah, know, you're and, talking and, about Budweiser yeah. commercials, right? Yeah. So Bud, 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 Budweiser remember, probably rather have you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I remember big, that it's a Budweiser commercial. You know, we've all seen the commercials, and and typically they tend to be the ones that are the big splashy ones around Super Bowl time, where you watch the commercial and you went, "That was cool," but what was it for? 
<laughs> and and that's you know that is kind of the the strange thing about sometimes when we do our marketing is we get caught up in telling the story and then we forget that we still have to have that hook at the end um you know that call to action all of those various things and and if you've told a good story you can weave that in in a way that isn't all of a sudden a neon flashing lights um and you know so that's that's kind of one of those things but yeah you know when you see or hear a good commercial you remember it and hopefully you're remembering who it's for and not just oh that was that that pretty commercial or that fun story or well yeah that. and uh, it doesn't it doesn't happen in one commercial. You know, Budweiser's been telling, uh, you know, warm mm-hmm. human stories and, and sometimes uh, animal stories, um, right. you, you know, for a long time. And so I, I'm thinking that, you know, though you just proclaim that you're not a beer drinker, therefore you don't buy Budweiser, you know, they'd probably much rather have you talk about it on your radio show than buy oh, yeah. their beer. And so, uh, so what a wonderful piece of branding there. You know, they started a conversation. Mm-hmm. Radio, you know, I, I was um, sarcastically commenting on the um, direct response nature of the spots that are, are filling the radio or the station breaks there and mm-hmm. um you know radio is the last to adopt that they have 60 seconds they, they can't quite figure out how to tell stories you know some have i think a kaiser's every time i hear a kaiser commercial i don't change the station um you know when they do their thrive campaign and so mm-hmm. you know they've sort of figured out how to make radio content marketing but it's a brand awareness campaign you know it's not asking you to pull over and, and pull into kaiser right well, and, you know, the the whole thing about the social media, when you're telling the story there, is, sure, you want to develop that relationship with that person, but you're also hoping that they will then share that post with, with their connections, um, you know, because then it, it goes to that even higher level. You know, I can look at an ad for a plumber, but if a friend of mine says, hey, I should, you know, check out this plumber, there's something very different about, you know, what I'm going to think about them. And, and so when you tell the good story and it gets shared, that's where that's so valuable. Some things don't change. It's uh, clearly easier to share now, and it's more immediate and mm-hmm. probably more powerful. But the idea of a word-of-mouth advertising, and, and some right. now call it word-of-mouth advertising, mm-hmm. is uh, certainly not new, you know, whether it's – I mean, it really dates back to – Cavemen, you know, and, and every step in between up until, you know, the Red Bulls of today that are, you know, creating content that has nothing to do with their product. You know, they have a website mm-hmm. about extreme sports. Well, um, people talk about it, you know, and word of mouth advertising uh, is the most powerful form of advertising. It always has been and it always will be. Mm-hmm. And I think where it really works well is when you don't think of it as an advertisement. You know, it is just the story, which... To me, that's you know that is kind of one of those cool things. You know, when you know, I'll go back to the Budweiser commercial. How many times, even before the Super Bowl, did we see those commercials shared? And then, of course, they added to it because they had the behind-the-scenes looks. You know, and and so you shared all of those. And you know, it really didn't matter in the slightest if you cared about the beer or not. You just shared those stories because it was a cool story. You know, it wasn't the advertisement for the beer. Sure, it had the Clydesdales in it, and so then you kind of associate that back with it. And, and they had it branded. I mean, you know, there were there was Budweiser in it. You knew what was, what it was for, but they sucked you in with that good story, and they sucked you in in a way that you didn't mind sharing it because it wasn't like you were saying, "Hey, go buy Budweiser." It was, "Hey, here's this cool story." Yeah, plus, um, you know, in the next commercial break, you'll you'll see one that might say, "Hey, go buy Budweiser," but. 
Um, but yeah, they know they know what they're doing. They have some pretty talented right. people on the job, and uh, you know a lot of leading brands do. Uh, Doritos has become the the sweetheart of Super Bowl advertising. I guess they didn't um, make the splash this year that they had in the past, or that Oreo did with the with the, probably the most famous tweet ever uh, the year before. Mm-hmm. But um, but Doritos asked their customers to make their commercials. Talk about you know starting a conversation. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, and and then of course you know when you've asked your customers, they're going to tell their friends, "Ooh, look what I did!" <laughs> you know? And you know whether they have fifty people that they're connected with online or you know fifty thousand, that just helps get that message out there. Yep, everyone has a story. I think, as I said in my story about storytelling, and so mm-hmm. uh, it takes a little bit of uh, practice and perhaps uh, consulting with a with a writer or a content marketer to understand. You know how to make that relevant. How to make it uh, interesting. You know how to make people um, tune into it and talk about it. But everyone has a story, and when, when you discover mm-hmm. it and you learn how to do it, such that you're um, pulling on people's heartstrings, uh, you know, therein lies the magic. It, it, it makes me want to talk about my book. Can I talk about my book? Oh yes, most definitely. Because we're running out of time, right? Yes. Need to make sure that we get that in. Yeah, when I when I said I want to be on your show, you said why? I said because I want to talk about my book, and we haven't even got there. So my book, uh, <laughs> I, I guess it's not that real pressing that I talk about it because it doesn't actually exist. I'm working on it. I'm looking at a mind map of it right now, but it's called Ooh. Kiss My Glass. Mm-hmm. And so the idea of the book is really a great summation of everything we've talked about, and that is that I want to form a relationship with you. Let's say um, my persona is not um, Barbie, it's Deb. Mm-hmm. And um, I think I want that relationship to begin, though we haven't met. And I want that relationship to continue and uh, nurture that relationship, thinking perhaps we never will. You know, but right. I want to be on your radio show, or if you need a copywriter, mm-hmm. I want to get a call, or if you need a consultant on on content, I, I want that to, to be me. Well, I'm just not going to bang you over the head with that message because it doesn't work that way today. And so, kiss my glass is. Uh, a lot of ideas rolled into one book, and, and um, there is uh, a large element to writing in it because I think it's the most important skill you can have in marketing. Mm-hmm. But um, there's also the whole online marketing story and kind of the, the ZMOT thing that Google gave birth to, the zero moment of truth. Uh, real quick, for those that don't know what that means, once upon a time, Procter & Gamble defined uh, the first moment of truth as the time and place where you see something on a shelf at a store and you read the package or you get a brand impression. So that's the first moment of truth. Well, now the zero moment of truth is that you've done a lot of research and you've formed a lot of opinions before you ever saw the product. Okay, Mm -hmm. So like that call that comes into me, Barry, I loved your website. I felt like you were talking to me. That's the zero moment of truth happening and that's why I call it kiss my glass because it's happening between pieces of glass. So far, no exceptions, Mm -hmm. even as, um, you know, these on-your-body products come out like eyeglasses and wristwatch, but typically we're talking about monitors and tabs and and phones. And through a piece of glass, I want you to have a passionate, uh, you know, to have a passion uh, for me and my company. And so, um, trying to capture that in all the things that lead you to me, all the things that uh, happen before uh, we ever speak or email each other, and then what happens next? How do I take you, you know, down that funnel and become a, a customer? And then perhaps even more importantly. How do I get you to uh, tell your friends? You know, a moment ago we were talking about about Bud, and the commercial could have said, you know, go buy a six-pack 
Well, you know, that that's not a failure, but it's not it's not really what you want, you know. Of course you want mm -hmm. people to buy your brand, but you want a customer for life. How do you do that? You right. create a, you know, a, a real passion between brand and buyer. Mhm. Mm well, you mentioned that your book is a work in progress. So how do people find out um more about it and when they can actually buy a copy of it? Uh, they don't, you know. That I certainly will um, <laughs> wave the flag when when they're when I'm ready. It's you know, like I said, I'm looking at a mind map of it. It's about 12 concepts. Uh, I've written about probably three or four chapters, and uh, they say in the publishing you should start talking about it you know, well in advance. So, you know, it, it will have a website, and of course, uh, you know, if you follow me on social. You're going to hear about it, and uh, you know there'll be advanced copies and you know free first chapter and all the all the tricks of the trade. But for now, you're just going to have to, uh, I guess, tune into talk radio. <laughs> Follow Barry wherever he gets interviewed. Right, you know, and and as we mentioned, your website is FeldmanCreative.com, and that's where all of your links are. Um, people can sign up to get your blog. You know, it it really. I, I find it fascinating anymore when somebody tells me, I don't know how to find you. Obviously, yeah. I didn't do my job right if they didn't know how to find me. But, you know, at the same point, it's like you didn't look too hard, did you? <laughs> yeah, well, hopefully, you know, if you want to get found, you're, you're on social. And like we talked about, it, you know, at the very least, for professional purposes, uh, LinkedIn. But, you know, people are lazy. And when you're talking about um, audio broadcast, podcast, radio, uh, there's nothing to click. So I'm glad you asked. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, Barry, thank you so much. This has been great. And when you have the book done, we definitely will have you back on again. And I promise we'll dedicate the full hour to, to talking about it. Because, you know, it's, it really is going to have so many fascinating tips. And, and, you know, whether somebody is just trying to sell something small or they're trying to sell something big, it, it I'm sure, will have tips and techniques that they need to use and, and embrace. And until then, they need to follow you at feldmancreative.com, right? That's right, Deb. Thank you very much for perfect, uh, perfect. being so deliberate there. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, well, you, you might have heard of, no, sorry, you might have heard of uh, blogging a book. I'm not technically blogging a book. In other words, you might see posts from me that uh, aren't going to go in my book, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm putting a lot of thought into what's going in my book, so if you want to sort of catch on as the story develops, you know, reading my blog is, you know, you, there you're going to find a lot of ideas that will be captured in the book. Great. Well, and I always tell people, if you want to learn how to be a good writer, read what other good writers write. Um, you know, and, and, and that was something that caught me this morning when I was reading some of your blog posts. They were just so well written. It was like, oh, this is a master. This truly is a master. So, Barry, again, thank you so much. This has been great fun, and we will definitely have you on again. Um, with that, we're going to sign off. Thank you for listening, and we will catch you next time. I hope it always will stay this way. My hat is off. Won't you stand up and take a bow? And if you threw a party, invited everyone you knew.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.